Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Markets. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we know it's important to stay ahead of inflation. We think about where interest rates are going and what this means for markets. Pipeline companies may offer inflation protection through the energy transition. We identify other sectors with the ability to maintain their margins when prices are rising. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I discuss why the Fed's bond buying will soon end. Well, as you know, the criteria for uh, tapering is substantial further progress relative to where we were at the end of last year. I think uh, my own view is that on the inflation side, we certainly have met that objective. Uh, We've been running well over our 2% inflation target. While I do think most of it is going to be transitory, I think there'll be enough persistence that we'll continue to see inflation a little bit above 2% next year as well. That's Eric Rosengren. He's head of the Boston Federal Reserve. He's probably among the more hawkish members of the Federal Open Market Committee, the group that sets monetary policy. Rosengren is a little closer to ending the Fed's bond buying program. They really should call it debt monetization because that's what it is. The government is borrowing money without tapping into any savings. Under Ben Bernanke, it was called quantitative easing. Back in 2008, during the great financial crisis, it wasn't enough to bring down short-term rates. The Fed also concluded back then that they wanted to lower long-term rates too. There was widespread criticism that this would cause inflation, but the money stayed in bank reserves and as a policy it worked, but we're now addicted to it. In fact, it took almost 10 years after the 2008 crisis until the Fed began to meaningfully reduce their balance sheet. And then, of course, COVID hit early last year and the bond buying began again. Now the Fed's balance sheet is $8.5 trillion. They're buying $80 billion a month in treasuries, which is 54% of the debt issuance, and $40 billion a month in mortgage-backed securities, or MBS. Rosengren, for one, thinks we're nearing the end. If we get another strong labor market report, I think that I would be supportive of announcing in September that we are ready to uh, start uh, the, the taper program. The bond buying has become a permanent part of the Fed's monetary toolkit. 2008 was an exceptional time where it was justified because the financial plumbing of the economy was freezing up. COVID caused a sharp but brief recession, but it didn't put any real pressure on the banking system, and the fiscal policy response was several times as big as the loss of output. So this round of quantitative easing, or QE, was simply about lowering long-term rates. There was always plenty of liquidity. And it's coincided with a huge jump in bond issuance, which makes the timing very convenient. However, there are clear signs that it's causing an asset bubble, definitely in housing and possibly in stocks too. Purchase program is not nearly as effective now as it was as we were coming out of the financial crisis. And that is primarily because We're experiencing shortage of supplies in both labor and materials. And as a result, the interest-sensitive sector is not adding much to employment. What we're really seeing is the employment is coming from opening up of the economy. Eric Rosengren makes a very good point here. You can't just create supply by lowering rates. 
He notes that the housing sector continues to struggle with shortages of labor and materials, which anyone out in the real world already knows. If you've tried to hire a plumber or order furniture, you know firsthand that anything to do with housing is hot. Prices are up 15% over the past year, and this is a form of inflation, no matter what the Fed says. Two-thirds of households obtain shelter by owning their home. The Survey of Owners' Equivalent Rent, which is how the Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates the value of the shelter component that comes with a house, is rising at 2.5%. What that tells you is not that there's no inflation in housing. It tells you owners' equivalent rent is a dumb idea because it's a non-cash theoretical concept that has no link to reality. Rosengren doesn't say this, but he does note that boosting demand for housing by buying $40 billion a month in mortgage-backed securities doesn't seem to be creating many new jobs. But it is making plumbers, realtors, and everyone else involved in the housing business a little richer. Suburban housing already had a bid because many workers are finding that they can do their jobs from home at least part of the time. Fewer trips to the office makes a longer commute more manageable. So Americans are spreading out in this big country. It's a pattern that's being repeated in many other countries around the world. The Fed's bond buying program has been adding fuel to the fire. The Fed has already taken too long in tapering the current bond buying program, just as they did with the first one. It's also very likely that future recessions will be met not just with lower short-term rates, but also debt monetization. Japan holds nearly $1.3 trillion in treasury securities. China has over $1 trillion worth. We don't ever need to worry about these nations or others dumping our bonds and pushing up interest rates, causing a recession. Because now we know the Fed could just buy them out. They already own eight and a half trillion on their own balance sheet. So it wouldn't be hard to add another trillion dollars or so. Ongoing Fed bond buying is a seductive form of debt monetization. We're becoming addicted. Even though we're probably within six months of winding it down, it'll be back during the next crisis. It's caused inflation this time around, and it will again next time. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Markets. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, follow us on iTunes, Spotify, and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.